body is ready. That's great, King. Hey, King. <laughs> hey, Beard. Well, what's up? Eh, you know, just killing it. You know, when you're near me, darling, can't you hear me? SOS. I need it right now. I need it. I need a wrestling SOS. Yeah, a little bit. There's a lot of wrestling coming up. We're going to kick off things with Mindy. We're going to come back, talk about some things that get you out to shows. We need to get out to some shows. We need to get back on the horse. And uh, we need to ride it through the desert. And it won't have a name. There's a lot of mixed messages here, but luckily they're all from one decade. <laughs> this is episode 197 of Heel Turn Radio. Parent, kids, ask your parents. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the kids. Another one. So, King, I've been feeling a little down about wrestling in general lately. I haven't felt the same kind of spark. I think part of that's not being able to go out and call the the action. We we do have an opportunity coming up. We'll be at uh, Fortune Bania um, at the end of the month. But in the meantime, we thought we'd kick things off with all of the wrestlelicious things coming to this wrestle weekend, and then and I think we both kind of have a a bit of a prompt ski about. What can get you out to shows? What to look for? Who who gets uh, who gets your wrestle blood pumping? And uh, what, what do you think? That's not bad. Yeah, I think that's a that sounds good. I want to yeah, like you said, let's talk about what's coming up. Um, this weekend is absolutely packed. Um, we've got Friday shows. First wrestling back in Robbinsdale by the Water Tower. 6.15 to 7.15 and 8.30 to 10 p.m. Uh, this is for Whiz Bang Days in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, one of the uh, great meccas of uh, professional wrestling uh, here in the great state of wrestling. Lots of folks announced on the poster. We got Frog and Cat, uh, Robbinsdale's own favorite son, Darren Corbin, uh, the old JDX, Caranoia, Sierra, Heavy Metal Lore, as always. Air Cannon. Oh, Lori, two belts. Yeah. Laura, if you uh, if you haven't been keeping up, uh, won a slobber knocker in the rain out and uh, celebrated his freedom by punching Mitch Paradise in the mouth, mouth hole and uh, and winning the MIW belt. So Those are two absolutely massive human beings beating each other half to death for your entertainment in a monsoon for some gold. Yeah. You couldn't ask for more than that. No, you can't. And you can't ask for more than a free show from First Wrestling. Check that one out. Also, Friday night is Friday night's packed. Uh, there's also uh, Midwest Wrestling Elite is finally going to be running the uh, St. Louis Park, uh, the Rock Outside. Um, 
They have general admission $15. That's a crazy, beautiful venue. Yeah. Uh, I hope the weather is great. The main event, Encounter uh, Impact Wrestling star Congo Khan taking on CWE Tag Team Champion and 2018 Elite Eight winner Roy Flash Gordon. Uh, really intriguing matchup. Very big conflict of styles here, but uh, I I love Roy Gordon. I think that he's one of those people I don't get to see very often because of where in the state he wrestles, com- comparative to me. Um, but I, I think that he's a phenomenal athlete, and I really am happy to see him getting more work in, in the Twin Cities. Well, we've said it before, and we'll say it again, you know, CWE is putting on some really, really interesting, different cards with a lot of talent you don't really get to see in our area mm-hmm. and matchups you don't get to see as often. Um, so you really should do yourself a favor. Go out, fill those stands, and watch one of their shows. Take it in. Breathe in Man, something yeah. different. Hey, if you want something different, Russian Chain Match. Special guest. Oh, NWA my God. Icon, the Russian Nightmare. Nikita Koloff. Oh. Brian Blade versus Stonehenge. He, Stonehenge also, cut a great promo yes. again. If you have not, if you don't follow Stonehenge, do yourself a favor. Stonehenge Joseph Wayne on Facebook. He's Instagram. He's so good. It's just it's so enjoyable because he's one of the few people that really I think. And I don't say this to disparage other people. I say this to kind of toot his horn, and I do mean toot toot. Uh, Stonehenge goes above and beyond for his promos and really makes himself into a brand, which I can really appreciate. And I'm glad that he's getting work in a in a really kind of good spotlight for MWE. So, a long time ago, and we haven't done this in a while, um, since we were, I think, a little more... Um, Prolific? Well, we were, I think we were, we were pretty... Uh, Sexy? Yeah, we were all those things. Um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, to be honest with you right now. Mitch Paradise had kind of told us at one point, he said, you know, don't be so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be honest, because the you know people who hear this want to hear your honesty. You know, I, I think if you're looking at someone like Stonehenge, and, you know, you and I both had the opportunities to talk to him and be around him, um, Stonehenge knows where his weaknesses are and he wants to improve them yeah like he's a guy who knows like there's parts of the wrestling business and parts of what he could try to do in a ring that he's just like i'm not doing that Mm -hmm. because i'm not good at it and it's gonna look like shit except for shitty moonsault except for shitty moonsault it's gonna look like shit and i don't want to do that because it'll make me look bad more importantly it'll make the other guy look bad yeah um, but what he does instead is he accentuates all of his positives. Yeah. Um, he goes out of his way to make himself a bigger than life character. He promotes the hell out of shows. He talks about his opponents, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, watching a lot of, uh, of kind of people talking about best heels, um, the last two weeks or so watching a lot of YouTube videos, um, of, of of wrestlers talking about other wrestlers, this you know one of the the things that's kind of lost is the ability to talk about your opponent in a way that while you disparage them, you still talk about how good they are. Yeah, and you build that. Yeah, you build excitement. them yeah. because if you just beat a bunch of nobodies, then you're a nobody. Yeah. So one thing he does Unless you're Hulk is Hulk Hogan in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> bam 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 bam. 
Anyway, um, I feel like he does that really well, and he understands that really well. And when he is put in a situation to accentuate those positives in the ring mm-hmm. with other wrestlers who also can see what he can do that way, man, he's so much fun to watch. He is a guy that our friends point out, they're like, oh, Stonehenge is on the card. Yeah. You know, they want to see Stonehenge wrestle. Yeah. Uh, another guy that I I think this kind of bleeds over into some of the things we were talking about, about one of the prompts, but Buckshot, Bobby Brennan, back in town, taking on White Kryptonite, Aaron Corbin. Apparently everybody on this match, has a, or this show has a, a nickname. But Bobby Brennan, uh, heaviest hands in the Midwest. My, one of my favorite guys in, rest, in, in the Midwest to watch yeah. wrestle. He's just a... He he can work with big guys and work big guy style because he's a big guy, swole, yeah. swole boy. He's a swole boy. Um, but I really I'm. But he can play babyface in peril too. Absolutely, because we've seen him do it. Yeah, uh, I think he's and he's real smart. Like if you sit and you know we've had the luxury of sitting and talking to him and you know kind of uh, seeing what his thought process is mm-hmm. on different things and just. The way he kind of goes about his idea of what he wants to put together is really interesting. And then to see him carry it out uh, is just awesome. He's yeah. I, I, I think he's a guy that, again, he is a guy I do thoroughly enjoy watching wrestle. Um, and, and that I would go out of my way to, to see. From uh, White Kryptonite to the Tangerine Dream, Ricky Love, all colors of rock and... Fruit represented here, taking on Nick the Natural Nelson singles competition. I I, I want to say that we've seen this before, but maybe we maybe we haven't. I'm glad that Nick Nelson is um, out beyond just the umbrella of AWF. Mm-hmm. Um, we've said it before. I, I do think that Nick Nelson's a guy who, if he wrestled a little bit more in different places, would probably have a much bigger reputation. To me, he's a uh, he's. When somebody puts a dish in front of you that has all the right or most of the right components, you know, has some good some good things working, but is just under seasoned. Yeah, right. Like he needs that spice, and, he, and that needs to happen from I think. And this is a this is a compliment, and I hope it comes off as a compliment. He's Jacob Savage without the insanity. He's not going to jump out of a balcony. He's not going to let or invite throw him off a ladder. But he's going to give you really solid work in the ring. Um, he's good on a microphone. He knows how to carry himself. Uh, he's hateable. So, you know, it's he's got a lot going for him. But I do agree. If he would go out, maybe travel a little bit. Or even just... I mean, I think he does work. He does Dakota, Dakota stuff. But I think it's nothing that we see. And I don't think that the, the talent that is going into some of the South Dakota shows, maybe outside of what Dinsmore does when he brings in a couple people here and there. Um, I think he's seeing a lot of the same people, you know? Yeah, I, I think if he stretched and went in some different areas, even some different places here in the Metro and did some different things, I think that he's someone that in six months would you'd see a, a huge change, leaps and bounds difference in his game. So, man, this is a packed card. CWE, no, they... MWE, MWE. MWE, excuse me. South of the border, we're MWE. No, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Do we already go all the way through the CWE card? Oh, MWE. MWE. This is MWE. I'm so off, I'm sorry. Midwest Wrestling Elite. Canadian Wrestling Elite is the Danny Duggan uh, uh, Canadian. This is the MWE 
Um, Pete Wagner. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and Danny Duggan. Yeah, I see. I get, like, so Danny's involved in both of them, yeah. so I start well, to... And, and, and the logo has an M instead of a yeah, C. Yeah, so I get it like really. It's... I start to smoosh them together. Yeah. Um, but, I, I yeah. I One, don't. I two, I do three, feel four, like five, six, this is a reason to seven, go out and see matches. their shows is yeah. because they do give you your money's worth. Yeah, I mean you're not gonna walk away and be like, oh, five five matches, um, ten minutes a match, and uh, they weren't that. They were just okay. Yeah, um, you're gonna see interesting talent and very interesting matchups, and you're gonna get eight matches. Yeah, uh, Outlaw Zach Hendricks versus The Wrecker Josh Price. Not familiar with Zach Hendricks. Uh, familiar with Outlaws. Yeah. We know Josh Price, yeah. and he likes to punch people in the face. He does. And, Check and your like, teeth, I like Zach. Watching, I like watching that. Yeah. Uh, Young Gun six-man tag team attraction match. That was a mouthful. Levy Cruz, downtown Petey Brown. I still want him to try that uh, uptown Peter Brown gimmick. Uh, and Russell Rogue versus the real Brock Hall, Ethan Matthews, and Devon Monroe. This is a really... That's an interesting... <laughs> it's really, interesting really interesting. Dudes. Like, I don't really understand... I, I I don't really know who's the face and who's the heel. I feel that. like those are six names drawn out of a hat. Yeah. Which works. I mean, you could yeah. have some interesting dynamics in that match. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an attraction match. I don't know what the attraction of those three people and those three people is, but... I think you could put them in a, just as easily put them in a scramble and have yeah. something interesting. Uh, another... Attraction match, tag team attraction match, uh, the gambler Mav Boone and Reese Baxter Belafonte taking that on... That name is fire. The look, he looks like a butler in his picture, and I'm not sure what to make of that, Mwah. but the name, name, is, alone, name is great. You you had me at your name alone. Uh, and they're taking on the, the oftentimes uh, on opposite ends of the gladiatorial arena, King Leonidas and Crix is teaming up for what I believe is the very first time. Feels like the first time. Feels like the very first time. Plus, Hotshot Danny Duggan will be there, and so much more. Check them out at facebook.com backslash, or slash, Midwest Wrestling's Elite. That is out at St. Louis Park Rock this Friday, July 12th. VIP doors open at 6, GA, 6.30 bell time, 7 p.m. Give him a peek. A peek ski. Um, but... That's not all, my friend. Oh, no. no. So Steel much. Also running another free show during Cruise and Clash at the Panda Prague Festival in Lakeville. They do this every year, Friday night. Um, Going to be outside the main streets of Lakeville, Minnesota. <sighs> They're um, calling for thunderstorms Friday night. Well. We'll see. It's, I, I hope not, because I live, like, a maybe a 20-minute walk away from Robbinsdale, and I really like to walk over to Whizbang Days. Do you want to know what they're no. calling for, real quick? No, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't want to. I'm going to remain blissfully unaware. Um, free show, 8 p.m. Uh, Jay Bradley versus Mitch Paradise, I believe, Woo! on this one. Um, uh, Garrison Creed announced how pro. Oh, got moved to Saturday. Riley Jackson, uh, Golden Idol. Man, I'm trying to remember who else is on. The you know I. The one drawback to twenty percent chance of rain on Friday. Your uh, temperatures, though, steamy. It's gonna be a little steamy. Good. Well, if you're down in the Lakeville area, if you're over in Robbinsdale, or if you just feel like heading out uh, or St. Louis Park, three great shows on Friday night. Check it out. It's not often that you get uh, 
you get free shows from a lot of, uh, no. of these promotions. It's some fantastic stuff. Yeah. And uh, at MWE, that's, uh, you know, it's worth the money. Lots of great talent on that card. And that's just Friday night. That's just Friday night. Saturday, two big shows as well. Um, we're really all, it's all over uh, it's all over the Twin Cities and beyond this weekend. MAW invades Isle Days. This is another free show. Doors at six. Uh, first ball at seven. Record Josh Price. Double duty this weekend. They're back to back days. It's not really double duty. Taking on Austin Arrow. That'll be a really, really good matchup. Yeah. I think that we know Austin Arrow has a heck of a chin. It got, it's been tested time and time again by guys like Warren Vite. Uh And we know that not many guys throw hands as hard as Josh Price. I think you can put him in the category of Warren Vite and Bobby Brennan. And I think it's going to be a great striking contest between the two of them. Hands versus legs. We'll see what's what. Well, who, I mean... Who stands up in that one? I don't know. I mean, I think that, and I will always say this, Austin Arrow is a guy that when he is hitting those leg strikes and he is really feeling it, he is a hard guy to beat. And when he figures it all out, I just think he's going to be absolutely something something tremendous. <laughs> I'm not sure who to pick in this one. I mean, I think it'll depend on how much uh, how much Josh has tested the night before. Um, it's probably true. It's an indoor show. It's at the Isle Rec and Education Center. As far as I know, it's an indoor show. So um, I would say if it was an outdoor show, Austin Arrow would have the distinct advantage after Josh Price having to wrestle outdoors <laughs> the night before. But I'm not sure. But we also know with, with, with Josh, and we've talked to him before about it, He's got good cardio for a big guy, yeah. and he understands the idea of, you know, plan your work, work your plan, mm -hmm. get in, get your business done. He don't get paid by the hour, mm -mm. but he also knows when things aren't going his way, get out, take a powder, yeah. get a breath. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Took a breath. School by Josh <laughs> Madsen taking on the system. Jason Strife versus the Buns of Steel, Jay Fowler, a couple, uh, couple of... Boys from uh, from down south coming up north. Coldstone, Tim Boston, Yellow Dog taking on friend or foe Bobby Brennan and Jack Ledger. Ooh. That is interesting to me. Definitely interesting matchup. Um, the problem: Paul Verk versus Jerry Allrichard versus I think the debut of X, who is in the Battle Royal at Grand Slam. That's gonna be a triple threat. Um, Paul Verk to me is is a guy who is amazing. Um, and he's only going to get better. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. Uh, he, Jerry has been on the wrong end of things with Paul on multiple occasions. Uh, is this the night where Jerry goes and gets it back? I mean, you put that X factor, pun intended, ah. into the match. Does it maybe change Paul's focus and put him in a position where he's not paying as much attention to someone that in the past he has really put a beating on. I mean, to me, Jerry Ulricher, I would say the same thing that you said about Paul. Um, I love Paul. I love Jerry. And I think that they're both guys that work hard and that they are very keen on, like we talked about with Stonehenge, right? Identifying their weaknesses, 
shoring those up, but working regularly and often so that they can continue to improve on the things that they've they've really shown uh, that they can excel at. Um, yeah, they're 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 smart young people who want more. Yeah, um, I don't know that we've seen this a whole lot, but in his nine plus years as a veteran, Mitch Paradise has gone up against a lot of big men. Um, but not all big men strike as hard as the Copperhead Duke Cornell. I believe this will be the main event. If it isn't the main event, uh, it, it better be a, a co-main event because um, I I would love to see these two lock up. Well, I don't, I don't know how much lockup there is going to be in that matchup. Yeah, I think Mitch is going to bring the pork chop, and we know that Duke throws hands at a very dangerous rate and with pinpoint accuracy. Um, man, I, somebody's going to get rocked. I just, I really, and I, I really think the difference like here Def is, Leopard style. Yeah, yeah, with like with one arm. Yeah. Um, I really think the, no big, <laughs> the big difference here is, um, possibly is Duke's willingness to cut corners and his ability to make that work for him. Now, he hadn't had a whole lot of luck in MIW for a very long amount of time. So, or MAW, excuse me. Did I say MIW? Yeah. In MAW. So, it'll be interesting if that turns around because overall, Big Mitch, he just wins. That's what he does. All he do is win. So, I, I don't know. It'll be, it's, it's a fun matchup. Agreed. So, if you want to roll up to Isle Day, beautiful Lake Malax, check it out this Saturday. And then back at home, ooh la la, <laughs> does Pro Wrestling Battleground have a card for us? And this yeah, is one they, of the reasons... They ain't playing. Mm-mm. This is one of the reasons why, when we talked about your prompt about who gets us out to shows, Battleground regularly... Even if the matchup is something I've seen before, has people that I go, you know what? I really want to see them wrestle. Um, and I think it's something that they've done well for a very long time. And, man, I want to see these guys wrestle. Uh, $12 for adults, $6 for kids under 12. Doors at 5.30, as always. Early bell time, 6 p.m. Get in, get out, go to Bar Luchador afterwards. Celebrate freaking Angela's birthday with a little karaoke and nice. uh, party till the, the uh, cows come home. Break it, break it down. Four-way elimination. The Anarchist Eric Cannon. Venom. JDX Kyle Pro. This is, to me, an incredible matchup and mashup of styles. It is really weird. Right? <laughs> In the best possible way. Like, I don't know how these four... This is This is blind chemistry. This is taking four combustible elements and tossing it in and seeing what happens. And I'm real, real excited for it. Um, tag team match. Fresh off Effie's Twink Gauntlet at Time time Bomb Pro Wrestling. Insane. Teaming up Shane Black, Devon Monroe, to take on ooh, the return of the Black Plague. What? Ooh, no one survives a plague. <laughs> well, except for maybe Twinks. Yeah, it's a real yeah. It's an interesting matchup. I yeah. I don't know. I'm um, I'm here for it. Um, It'll be enjoyable regardless. Absolutely. 
Wildcat, Darren Corbin, Darren Corbin, another person cutting promos. Uh, his promos about scouting Wildcat have been phenomenal. I It goes without saying that if you're not excited for a matchup between Wildcat and Darren Corbin, uh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's not your flavor, but uh, you should be. It should be. It should be. Uh, or you should at least... You should at least be uh, exploratory enough to go, I'd like to try a little sample of that. Um, women's match, Blair Onyx in town to take on Paranoia. Also very excited about that. I've only seen Blair Onyx uh, a handful of times, but I've seen enough to know that I want to see her wrestling more. And I think between Battleground and Showtime Championship Wrestling, we're going to continue to see her in the foreseeable future. Both are making a concerted effort to try to bring in more female talent Mm -hmm. from the surrounding area and really expose uh, the metro area to the best of women's wrestling, you know, in the Midwest. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Speaking of some of the best in the Midwest being brought in, the frontman Jossie back again, taking on Levy Cruz. Thoughts about that, my friend? I haven't seen much of the frontman. Um, but Levy is, I think, one of the most talented young men um, to come out of the academy. I really do feel like he has every tool in the toolbox. Wrestling-wise. Um, Wrestling-wise. I need I need to see... I, I want to see, I think for a lot of the, the wrestlers coming out, I'd love to see more promos. And I... One of the best things... And, and I He's got a that, hell of a personality. He's not... I mean, humbly speaking. No. Well, he's no he's no David Spriggle, humbly speaking. Humbly speaking, he's no David Spriggle. <laughs> but I think he's going to figure it out because I, I think that's been the key with a lot of those guys. It's been sink or swim. Yeah. And I honestly, have you seen any of them sink? No. You know, I, think I mean, the, all, wor- the worst thing that any of them are doing is treading water. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and I think that's good because I think it's real easy to kind of either overstep your bounds or to coast or to do other things and i think for the most part everybody even if they've been even if they've been treading water they're not coasting and i think that that's important i think that if they're going to stay hungry if they're going to continue to get these spots on these cards when other promotions are bringing in more people um you know from the outside they're going to have to they're going to have to prove why they deserve a spot on the card and i think hopefully that gets them hungry um to try more promos to try uh new things in the ring or to um to you know cut a promo request a match against somebody that we haven't seen them take on before or someone higher up the ladder because i think that when you do that i mean i think that one of the best things that riley jackson ever did when he came in was he started punching way above his weight yes and that guy had eyes on him you know yeah. he may have been a brash asshole coming out but i and i, and I think too on top of that the thing riley did was he went directly into the deep water of, these are the things I'm not comfortable with. I'm not comfortable cutting promos. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he went in doing that with ESQ on one side and Ricky Norton on the other side, and they, you know, they drug him kicking and screaming through mm-hmm. that process. But you go and back in Valentine, you watch where Riley was, and you watch Riley now, yeah. and it's light years difference yeah. and he cuts a great promo he there's a reason there's a reason a, he's going to the uk for a yeah. month he cuts a very good promo for his character yeah. all the time and he's just getting better and better no doubt. um 
I think if, if any of these guys we've mentioned could be where he is in a year, I think that they would all be very happy. And I think that's... And they should be. Well, but here's the thing I think that they need to keep in mind. Raleigh's never happy. No. He's the most miserable person about his performance, and that's why he's really good, and he's only going to get better, because he looks at everything he does as it should have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in a pursuit of perfection, which is maddening at times for he, people in it, Yeah, but I, I admire that because he, he has such a desire to be great. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that him, a lot of the other guys, Dorado, um, uh, Kara, um, Scene, uh, man, who are JDX, Kyle Pro, um, Devon Monroe. I, I, I'm just like naming people off the top of my head, and, and you know, forgive me if I leave people out. But the the people I think in that group that changed that mentality, and I think that when Riley's really good, and I think when a lot of these these um, younger wrestlers make that step, is when they change from the idea of it should have been better. To it could have been better because yeah. I think that I think that the moments where they're like that could have been better, then they're analyzing what could have been better, you know. And I think that that's I think that that's when Riley turned that corner for me, you know, in my opinion. And is is he still gets kind of down about uh, you know the fact that the, the match itself um, had the opportunity to be better, um, but when you really examine what the could have. Been, then you think about how you do that different the next time, and I and I hope that um, you know he takes that as a compliment, and I and I hope that other people try to change that mindset a little bit, you know. Um, well, well, I think, and this is the thing I think to take away. I think there's, and I I mean I could if and maybe if we get enough feedback from people and they really want me to, I will call people out by name. I have no problem doing that, but I thoroughly believe. That there are people out there in our local scene who are good, who are very, very good, but could be much better. Um, And they have not yet pushed themselves and pushed their craft, got out of their comfort zone. I think there's we we have a, a contingent of people who are comfortable. Mm-hmm. And they're afraid to get outside that comfort zone, probably because I think they're afraid of like, well, will I not get booked? Will it not get over? Will I piss people off? Will I do this? Will I do that? Um, or maybe they're just like, this works for me. This is all I want out of it. Yeah. But I think that there's people who just having seen them and been around them, uh, now I look at them in my head, I'm like, you should push yourself. Yeah. Um, you should push yourself really hard because your window of time is really small. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking about it statistically, your window of time in, is probably six years. Yeah. To be to make like massive progress, at best. Yeah. And that's if you stay relatively injury free. Yeah, and relevant. And relevant, and if you work consistently. Sure. Um. And how many people are going to drop off in that war of attrition? So it's, I think it's, you know, imperative that that group that has come through and that has graduated or is on the cusp of graduation or is just starting their journey, recognize that and push. I mean, just push. 
Um, that's been some of the interesting things of relationships we've been privy to. Where we've seen people who are unexpectedly friends um, just demand more from one another. Yeah. Not just ask for, not just say, you know, you should, but say, you need to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Um, this is why I think when you look at guys like, especially Corbin and Cannon, you know, their ability to inform, direct, teach, and foster the growth of people around them if the people around them are smart enough to shut up and listen. Yeah. Um, just being... A, we were in an interesting conversation on Monday where someone said they were at a show and basically something ineffective, Cannon telling them not to be a, a dickhead. Yeah. And they said they wanted to make a, uh, a response and then realized, no, they were right, don't be a dickhead. Yeah. Sh- shut up and listen. listen. Yeah. Do what needs to be done. You know, And I think that's the key. Is there, there is something to be said for the fact that these guys have been there, they've yeah. done it, they know how it works, and they're not trying to, to do anything else but help you out. Yeah. All you have to do is shut up and learn. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think that we've been lucky enough to have so many people on the podcast and to talk to people off the podcast that I feel like we've been able to do that as well. But it's something that I'm always really interested in. I know that you're always really interested in is just learning and translating it because it's not enough. Like no one's going to go out there and be like the next Corbin or the next Cannon or the next Cruz or the next Jordan or the next, uh, super thunder frog or the next wildcat. Um, or you know, or you know, the and next you should, Nate Bash. You should translate all of that into your own flavor. Exactly, you know? and you shouldn't want to be. You should look at it and say, "I want to be the first me." Yeah. But I definitely want people to look at where my influences came from. Mm-hmm. I want people to be able to look to look at me and know the DNA that makes me up as you know my persona, yeah. my, my athletics, my style, my demeanor, maybe my promo. You know, my promos I cut. Um, I think all that, I mean, for I know for just doing commentary-wise, just looking at us listening to people and watching and, I mean, even listening to bad commentary mm-hmm. and trying to go, okay, well, this is okay. So this we should, could be better. We should yeah. probably remember that this is what can be done, mm-hmm. but at the same time, again, saying this could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we avoid some of the pitfalls that these folks found themselves in? No doubt. Um, and, 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 I, and I think soliciting that feedback as well. Yeah. So we got two more matches on this card with, I would say, four people that I I like going out and seeing at shows. Um, breakout Championship, Angel Dorado getting one last crack at the young gun Riley Jackson. Oh. Riley Jackson, the longest reigning and defending Pro Wrestling Battleground Breakout the, Champion almost, of all time. And almost king of the ladder match. Yeah. Uh, if Riley Jackson gets disqualified or anyone interferes on Riley's behalf, he will not only lose the match, he will also lose the Breakout Championship. This is a problem for me, and I don't care for it, and I feel like Riley is being unfairly, unfairly discriminated against. But that's neither here nor there. And then the Battleground Championship. Atomic Thunderfrog getting a shot 
at the never-ending nightmare Scott story. We've seen it before. We'll probably see it again uh, here, there. But I think Battleground Frog being more prominent on that card makes me more excited for Battleground. It does. I love seeing card. And I think also, I think for me personally, Battleground is the place where I think I get my favorite version of Scott's story. Hmm. Um, I think that there are glimpses of it in um, MAW, but I think when they allow him to just do his thing, do his thing, um, and they allowed kind of the crowd to dictate that whole issue, because I can remember him going in and we went and he was a face and we went two shows later and they just shit all over him, but he was doing the same stuff. Yeah. That crowd is so fickle, and I think when he is, when they allow him to kind of play off that as the guy who I just don't give a damn about the crowd, I think it, it not only makes the, it, it feeds into the crowd's ego, it allows him to be the heel he's very capable of being. Yeah. Um, but it gives you insta baby face. Yeah. Whoever you put him in the ring with, immediately becomes a baby face. You could put another heel. I mean, Corbin, we saw him wrestle Corbin, who yeah. was a total dickhead, yeah. and even Corbin got a face pop in that match. It's a true story. Well, whether it's his icy personality or his penchant for horror tropes, Scott Story, go be your best self, buddy. Exactly. Um, 6 p.m., Walewski's Blue Saloon. Beautiful. 1638 Wright Streets in Paul, Minnesota. We'll be back. We're we'll talking a little bit about what gets our blood pumping, who we want to go out and see, who we need to take a chance on, what's coming up next for Heel Turn Radio. talked a lot about people that get us out to shows because there's five shows that have people on that I would there is at least two to f- ten people on each of those shows that, I, that, that, that get me out and and for me right now I think that for everybody that doesn't know obviously you haven't seen us at MAW shows we're not doing commentary um, it's it's been kind of a bummer to be honest with you, and I think it has my kind of wrestle well pretty low, um, and and we haven't really talked about this, and I wanted to talk about it on the podcast because I feel like when do we, do we do we let the do we let it simmer enough that now we can now we can pop the pop yeah. the boil and let all the badness out? Yeah, I mean, I just 
I, I just I feel really down. Like I I feel like I want to go to shows. I feel like I want to be I want to be a part of the wrestling scene. I want to be sedated. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be wrestle sedated. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 I think this is one of the first weekends in a while um, where it's not kind of a special holiday weekend where there is legitimately probably are you gonna are you gonna wrestle booty call what our former our, our former employer no hey, hey you up no 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 <laughs> no I just you know I, to me when I get when I get down about wrestling like this, I either just need to go to a show, even though I might feel like I, you know, should stay in, or I, you know, don't want to, you know, make a big deal out of, you know, something like the MAW thing, or, you know, any other numbers of things. But uh, we were listening to songs uh, before the show, and one of the songs that came on was ABBA, and I said that ABBA, and, you, you know, you we agreed that... Abba's one of those bands that, you know, you can't hear it and be like, well, life sucks, and this is dumb, well, Swedish. L- let's yeah, give credit yeah. where credit's due. Okay. Um, I I am a voracious consumer of... Um, podcasts. Podcasts and YouTube yeah. content. Um, the reason I was all on an Abba kick was Brandon's movie review yeah. had a new episode today. Nice. Brandon's cult movie review. Um, he's a Canadian gentleman, and he watches really weird and bad movies. Yeah. Also, he's obsessed with Godzilla, so it's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, it's very on-brand for Yeah, for very on-brand for me. Ginger, yeah. uh, and he made, like, two Abba jokes, and then he was like, fuck you, because he also has, like, a boo thing that plays occasionally during his show. And the boo thing went off. And he was like, oh, fuck you. The limit is five. And I've only made two. So I've got three in the holster, bitches. Yeah. Yeah, he's got till five. Yeah, he's got till five. And so, kind of all this together, uh, the the SOS joke, the take a chance on me joke, um, is all is all kind of like that, right? Yeah. To me, to me the kind of mentioning the, the I've got till five... Um, I thought, you know, I know we don't want to make a list, but I thought that we could just talk about some of the things that we go to when we're maybe down or when someone says, hey, can you send me a match? Or, hey, you know, what do you watch that makes you happy about wrestling? I thought maybe we would pick a couple of our SOS things, and I would kick it off by saying, I've got till five. Brian Danielson, uh, State of Pro Wrestling, is doing this crazy, like, 64-man you know, that is wild. Kind of favorite Kudos to everyone involved in that. Yeah. It, just looks, it just looks insane and fun, and it, I don't agree with all of the votes. No, God, no. But I think the beautiful thing is it someone took the time to build that, yeah. and they're they're in it. Like, yeah, they're, they're in it. it. Yeah. Oh, God. it's That's cool, man. Yeah. I think that's so cool. And, you know, and so some of them were kind of like, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, also, <laughs> did you catch Kenta and Abushi? The, uh, Even just the highlights. Yes, yeah. Jesus. Also, Kenta's promo uh, about, like, I'm fucking Kenta. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. That um, GTS at the end. <laughs> you can't see me, but I got the vapors. I know. The G1, like, the G1 is another one of those things. Um, I can't, I, so, so going back, uh, Brian Danielson, I can't remember who he was up against. But to me, Brian Danielson is one of those one of those people that I can go back, and I think maybe you posted or someone posted the uh, the rib when he was facing William I mean, Regal uh, in the your UK. Brother did. 
and uh, you know they changed over his to his dastardly man, theme yeah. to a real man's man, and, and Brian Danielson like in the ring is like, and then William Regal's like, and then he gets real serious again when his his heel music comes back on. But or even just the one if you see the clip of the uh, uh, what is it the at the time John Moxley mm. uh, Danielson, you're gonna get your fucking head kicked in. Yeah, which is just. Just great. Yeah, I think any of that ROH time period, Danielson stuff, or any of the stuff he did in PWG, you know, either when the match with Kenny Omega that had the thumb wrestling in it, so good. or any of the stuff with the Hybrid Dolphins. Yes, you know, it's just so good. And so I, I thought maybe you know we we talked a lot about the the local scene and kind of getting out and and you know that being one solution when you're when your kind of wrestle tank is running low, but I thought when maybe you're we could. Down. Yeah, you know, I thought I thought maybe uh, we could talk about some things that kind of fill our our wrestle tank up. You know, I know that you've been playing. Uh, feel the, the bang. Yeah, feel the bank. I mean, maybe we haven't really talked about it on the podcast aside from the fact that you were. I think maybe out. after our podcast is over, we may have to jump on Twitch and do a no Marcy. No Marcy. Um, so feel the bang is a mod for no mercy. Um, it's a free mod. So you download a free emulator of No Mercy, then you download the mod, then you install it. Yeah. It's buggy, not terribly buggy, but it is basically the best of WCW, and it's beautiful. Yeah. If you love N64... Graphic update. Yeah, if you love N64 wrestling games, it is utterly and completely mind-bogglingly good. There's a couple other ones that if I can pull them up really quick... um, just to kind of, because once we got online and we posted on Instagram that we were online, a couple of people jumped on and they were like, "What the fuck is happening?" I'm <laughs> um, including our Canadian friends to the north, oh. who were very much like, "I don't know where you got this, but you assholes need to explain how you got it." Oh, um, I miss our brothers from Canadian mothers. Yes, you know that's another thing that gives me a lot of hope. I think, and it is the idea that. You know, those guys, Loose Ropes Wrestling, they were able to parlay their love of wrestling into a promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been able to put on some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's not something that's just going to go away. They literally are they're there to stay. Um, and I think that that's really, really cool. I think um, that we, we may have a, a surprise coming up with them. We'll see. I hope so. I um, always thoroughly enjoy speaking to them. Um, thanks, ROH, by the way, for taking away our biannual uh, love fest with Blues <laughs> Rose <Yeah>. Wrestling. <laughs> so, I was just looking through all of my posters. I had all of my ROH posters just in a stack in my garage, and I had them on top of one of my uh, one of my tool cabinets, and I was cleaning my garage out and took all of those down, including the Come on, Todd, Road Warrior, uh, um, Shoulder Pads, the Yellow Tree. Um, the Yellow Tree. The Yellow Tree signs. So for... there are, you can go to a page like Next Wave 64 and find a lot of these games to download um, under full game conversions. There is um, WWF Legends which is, in a lot of people's opinion, the most polished. And it has, like, even, like, the old-school 
jobbers in that, like oh, SD wow. Jones and guys are in there. Special delivery sm- for you just to smash. What, dude? And the Special delivery rules. And it probably, in my opinion, has the best renders. Yeah, like it is the most beautiful game. It also has commentary. Oh, you can download what? commentary tracks from Gorilla, Bobby, and Jesse the Body. Oh my god! Yeah, and and it's got music. Is that is it also a no no Marcy? It mod? is a no Marcy. Oh, ECW barely legal, um, which is also pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's one that's called uh, there's a Lucha Underground one, and very cool. I think the one the Lucha Underground, the graphics aren't quite as great, but the big thing is, is they went in and they put in and they made all these crazy new moves. Oh, nice. Um, there is one for, um, called, uh, Indie, I think it's called Indie Forever. Okay. And it is nuts. I everybody mean, it's like in their mind. Everybody before they were famous. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think there's one more I'm missing off the top of my head. Famous technical wrestler, Joey Ryan. (laughs) And, you know, there's just, there's all sorts of, like, different eras you can get to. Like, I know I downloaded one that's just the, um, uh, what is the, the, not the new power generation, but the, uh, you know what I mean? The The new generation. New generation. Yeah. Just that, like, Duke the Dumpster Drozies in there. Oh, boy. All those because I like that like weird time frame so yeah. much. Municipal the municipal worker era <laughs> yeah. of WWF. So, <laughs> so one thing that we're doing is we're gonna be probably playing on Twitch a lot. Yeah. Um, and it'll be possibly we I know we talked about this on Twitch. Is um take taking um requests and then we'll either set up tournaments or maybe just cards yeah and then just play through the cards on, on our twitch show uh and i've got four controllers now and i figure we could also invite some people because i feel like frog's been ducking us there's a there's some punks out there yeah i know scream hashtag no marcy but but uh yeah he's been ducking uh, although us. i'll say frog has been busy uh frog just did the uh the dive bar Bingo at Bar Luchador, huge shout out. They've been doing those um, industry standard nights uh, now over at the VFW. Uh, check those out. I think it's the first Monday of yeah. every month. Very um, cool stuff. But also, Frog, come at us, you tadpole. No Marcy. No Marcy. Yeah, also, we're, fire, we're both crossing our arms right also, now. Also, Fire Pro Wrestling, um, I purchased that as well on Steam. Uh, fire Pro Wrestling World, and it's... The I best. Know. Yeah, it is. Granakuma, get at us. <laughs> Granakuma loves that shit. Yeah. I, I uh, do. Of course he does because he's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, so uh, y- y- there's one for me. So I haven't had a chance to catch up, but again, I'll always throw this out because I do believe that outside of the 999 yen that you can spend on New Japan World, which I do believe is the best international 999 yen you can spend, the Seven ninety nine, you can spend Chikaratopia. I, you know, we talked with uh, with Nick about this a little bit um, about kind of going back and watching and kind of seeing stuff, or, or you know, with Warrior saying, you know, I, this is all of this is right up my alley. You know, I don't know why I don't spend more time watching it. And it's kind of like I was driving down to um, driving down to a conference for the shoot, and I realized Ooh. that there was no. There was just a CD player, and I didn't neglect to bring any CDs, but I realized that it had XM radio. 
and I basically listened to probably six to seven stations. Um, the like 50s station, the 60s station, the 70s station, Sinatra, Beatles, 90, and Lithium. And that's it. Um, and I realized that there's so many bands or kind of greatest hits or these things, and this is why it resonated with me when, when you played SOS, because I was like, I need a wrestling SOS. And I kind of needed that. You know, at, at a certain point, you know, when I was in maybe my late teens or early 20s, I was on a road trip with my dad, and we were talking about um, music. And I, I asked him, you know, as most... Uh, most children ask their parents at some point, uh, "Hey, why aren't you cool anymore?" You know, like, why, you know, basically, like, why don't you listen to new music? When did you? When did you fall off? <laughs> yeah, when, when did you stop being cool? See, I was lucky. My my dad, he kept listening to weird new stuff. Yeah, never stopped. Yeah, and I, and I think that you know, my dad, there were certain things that I liked that he liked, or that I would share with him that he liked, or kind of intergenerational things that were you know bigger. Um, when he was younger, and then you know someone like Tom Petty, right? Like Tom Petty was still making new albums. There's certain don't come around here no more. Yeah, um, but uh, but but there was there was things like that. And he basically just said, you know, at a certain point, I I just decided I wanted to listen to things that I loved and I always loved. And I was like, oh. And at the time, it was kind of like it's one of those things like, oh, you're you know your your adult parent is still just a person. Um, even though if they're not as cool, obviously, um, and now I realize that um, I'm getting to that then point where I'm not as face? I'm not as yeah <laughs> <laughs> because I spit in the face of people who aren't cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I kind of felt like that with wrestling. At a certain point, there's been some things with certain kinds of wrestling where I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know what? I just rather watch Chikara, or I'd rather just uh, stream Uncharted Territory, yeah. or I'd rather, um, you know, I'd rather. Uh, watch, you know, see what this new AEW, you know, show is. Or I'd rather just go to a local wrestling show, you know. And we always talk about finding our flavors. And I've realized that just because they keep putting out new flavors doesn't mean you have to like those flavors. Um, but it doesn't always mean that you should stop trying them, but not feel obligated, you know. I mean, I think that that's the other thing. Sometimes if you want to go for that... You know that thing that you love. So I was thinking about this actually. So there's another thing I love on the internet. Because I was thinking about it not only as you talked, but I was thinking about this the other day. One more, just one more. Yeah. <laughs> just one more thing on the internet. So there's a company called Red Letter Media that does stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Um, they call they have a the main show that I watch. They do is called Best of the Worst. And again, they also watch bad movies and then they make fun of them. Or they do like all these horrific game shows, and then they watch a series of bad videos. Um, but one of the things I like about them is they will do things in chunks, mm -hmm. and then they'll have a discussion on them. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I could see us doing is getting our group together, like almost like a book club, but not the book club. And saying, "Hey, fuck you, Leonard Literacy." Hashtag no Marcy. <laughs> We're taking book club from you. And and saying like, you know, we're gonna watch this episode of Chikara, and then we're gonna discuss it on the podcast. Or we're gonna watch this episode of Progress. Yeah. We're gonna watch this um, in the entire thing of King of Trios or something. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna watch this, and then we're gonna talk about it, and we're or gonna talk about first shows. Yeah, we're gonna God, yeah. Those DVDs. Suck. We're gonna watch the best of Chris Jordan. <laughs> 
DVD that's with somehow, Chris Jordan. Yeah, with Chris Jordan. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I think that would be super cool, and it would be an interesting kind of fun thing to do on this as a part of the podcast as well. Because I think then it forces you a little bit outside of the comfort zone, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it gets you more enjoyment out of your wrestle time. And there's still, I, I still want to watch $5 Wrestling Lucha Above Ground. Because yeah. I think that is probably going to be hilarious. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, the other the other question I had is, we're nearing episode 200. Oh, I'm not done talking about stuff that gets me... Oh, okay. Like through this Russell enjoyment drought. Um, so one of the things that I think kind of is difficult is finding new ways to stretch your creativity. Because one of the wonderful things about doing commentary is it is like improvisation um, at breakneck speed. It's like doing improv with no breaks. I mean, you're on a, you're on a microphone. Granted, it can be changed in post or whatever. But for me, the goal is always to do it as well as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, and with like D and D, we're live, brother. Yeah, D and D is there's a lot of improv to it, but there's no rules. Like even when I'm a player or I'm, I'm when I'm running, I can kind of do what I want to do. You know, as long as it fits in the framework of the story we're all telling together, I can do whatever. Because I'm serving the story, but I'm serving myself. When I'm doing commentary, I'm not serving myself at all. I'm simply serving the story. That's it. The competitors and what they're trying to get across and the story. That's all I'm serving. So I have to be completely locked into what's going on and trying to get across all the beats that I can for the company, for the story, for the match, for the competitors... Um, I want it to be that all the time. So when you don't have that kind of creative outlet, sometimes you're like, ugh. On top of that, we were really fortunate to be able to do kind of some backstage stuff. Yeah. And that was extremely well elucidating in some ways. But at the same time, you're having the ability to sit down with people and discuss ideas and or beforehand you know weeks in advance plot and plan things out or sometimes months in advance plot a bunch of stuff out whether it gets used or not yeah um but you script things out and kind of try to look at long-range planning that way um as a method of storytelling uh, that is and collaborative and storytelling. collaborative and again collaborative storytelling is as close to like D and D, probably I, I, in a lot of ways, as you're going to get, um, with without having kind of an end goal, um, that was a huge like vacuum all of a sudden. Yeah. Because it was like we were doing this, and then it was just not there. Yeah. Um, so trying to find a new way to fill that has been interesting. So be doing let's, a Twitch D and D game. Let's not on. let's not use the word interesting. That's a Minnesota word. What? What? It how? sucks balls. Yeah, it's fucking terrible, man. <laughs> it's like having a wound, a festering fucking wound that all of a sudden is needs to be filled. Um, it's not fun. How about <laughs> that? Do you like that? How about them apples for you? No, yeah. it's it's not fun. It's yeah. just it's it's a weird 
it's a weird thing, um, especially when it's goes about in the fashion that it went about. Yeah. Um, so kind of one thing I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast or not, but we're doing a Twitch D and D game. Yeah. Um, it's coming up in conjunction with TTRP, which is a Twitch channel. Um, I don't know if it's going to be on their channel or it's going to be on our channel yet. I haven't figured all that out. But uh, it's some of the D&DDT people, so it's a, it's technically a D&DDT game. So that has been like something I can throw energy into. But the reality is, and I don't know if you feel this way or not, it's not the same. No. There is something to be said about putting headphones on. Yeah. And like, I get real nervous. Like, every time we went to do a show, um, peeling back the curtain here. Yeah. Like, my stomach is a fucking train wreck. At, at best. At good times. Like, I literally eat, and then I'm like, I'll see you assholes later. I have to go to the bathroom. Literally when I'm done eating. Um, it's a family curse. Well, it's also medication. And medication, and yeah. too. I mean. But we would get to a show, and the first thing I would do is, like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Um, and I would try not to eat most of the time during the day before we would go to a show as well. Um, and be kind of like real nervous all the way up. As soon as we start going, I'm, I'm golden. I'm, yeah. I mean, the same thing growing up, you know, before sports, uh, I would be a total shit show. College was even worse. Um, as soon as we got going, I was fine. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's like a part that misses kind of that rush. There's no stakes right now. This is the no. problem, and, and this is this is why I wanted to kind of throw this out here for the it's podcast. Chops. Because I feel like there haven't been stakes for Heel Turn Radio in a while either. And I think that part of doing the podcast and, you know, doing the, uh, the Mitch Paradise Proud, um, being critical, but also being excited, um, I think that, you know, the difficult thing about working Paradise. for... Paradise Lost, that's what we Paradise used to call Lost, it, yeah. yeah. Or Paradise Found. Yeah. And uh, and I think one of the, the difficult things is when you're doing work for a company, you know, like we've done with MAW or with Heavy On, um, being critical of that company is is easier but harder to do publicly, you know. And I think that at the risk of sounding like a shill, I'm sure that we spent more time on MAW shows when we were doing that because... We were we there. Had, we were there, and we had more to say about them. We don't, you know, we don't know what the underlying, you know, stories might be for for other promotions. And so, I think to me, we, we also lose that ability to kind of be excited about that, you know, it, both as contributors, but also as just like people who like have to do that kind of be a part of that collaborative storytelling with with that. Because to me, that's what made that experience so enjoyable was to be able to do that and to know that when we were talking with wrestlers or we were talking with other people that were a part of the show that the the outcome of that wasn't just us it wasn't just them it was also you know Nick and Silverback and all these people taping and editing and and you know kind of tightening that story right because it, because the manuscript itself isn't the final product and the no, no. copy edit isn't the final product. The final product is is when you pick up that book. And to me, that was when matches hit YouTube, and people could see it and not only see the story they were telling, but hear the kind of um, embellishment that we were adding to it, 
and then see the the kind of finely crafted editing um, that was being done to tell the best possible story. Well, it's the continual import, continued importance of digital product. It's the yeah. ability to reach out to the masses. It's the ability for the people you employ to have a backlog of yeah. information that they can show off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to have it hopefully be of extremely high quality. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of that isn't, and there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot out there that has no commentary. There's a lot out there where it's shot real bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I'll say you know like. That's huge props to people like Nick and Silverback. It's super big props um, to Who, I mean, Silverback, I, you know, I don't know if we ever pull back the curtain enough to give him props. I mean, a dude who was training, had some injury, needed to kind of take care of some other things in his life, and, and you know, got this kind of shot that, you know, we needed someone to kind of fill that role in the production stuff that we were doing. And he got has just grown by leaps and bounds and been able to use his wrestling knowledge to to shoot better because he knows what to shoot. And I think that that brought the product up another level but, and then new cameras brought it up another but level. But let me again say something kind about the Academy. Yeah. Much like many of the people who come out of that process, he's a sponge. Yeah. He could have easily came into that and been like, yeah, 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 I get it. But the reality is there's very few people that we've had the, the fortune of being around who act that way. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's more like, you showed me that. Now, take it three steps beyond that. Show me the next three steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever evolving and wanting more out of that process. Mm-hmm. So I think that's extremely important. I mean, you see it all the time. You see it in the in, in officials, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Beer Key is amazing. Yeah. Um, he's gotten so good, you know. And I, I can't ever say enough good things about um, Big Bars Man. So, mm-hmm. but I, I think that Clarkski racking up the fucking three K club this weekend. Uh, I think you know when we look at all of that. I mean, I, and I, we talked about this off air. I'll, I'll just mention it. I will still get messages from people who now are aware we're not doing things. Who will say, "Hey, um, can you? I've got something coming up. Can you send me a couple matches to look at?" You know, I love doing that. Yeah, and people know I like doing that because they know I love wrestling. I my YouTube watch list is basically right is primarily about two hundred matches that yeah. I just had on queue that I haven't got to watch yet. Um, you know, and I I like watching wrestling. And I like dissecting wrestling. I like looking at it. I like trying to figure out, oh, how was that done? Or why was that done? Why is that important? Why does that make me feel this way? Yeah. When they did that, why did that make me, you know, have that visceral reaction? Were they intending that? Was that a happy accident? Um, you know, it, it's having a healthy respect for the fact that it's a craft. I will never, ever know everything about it, nor should I. Um, and that... The people that are able to do it well are just like any master artisan. They have a skill that they have taken the time to build and formulate and refine. And it's a never-ending practice. Um, And that if people take it seriously, they too can develop their 
variation on that. The craft. Yeah. And that's why when I look at things like commentary or I look at things like wanting to do more of the storytelling aspect of it, I look at it the same way. Being able to go to the Bryce Remsburg seminar was a big deal to me. I mean, and you know I'm a big dork. I took like three pages of single space notes. Yeah. I there was a lot of people in there who had like a notepad and didn't take a single fucking note. I typed nonstop. I got teased about it. But to me, being around Bryce, who I've had the chance to meet a couple times, and then we've had the podcast a couple times, to have him sit there and talk about his experience and give his feelings on how it works from his perspective is invaluable. Absolutely. Because it is you're hearing information that he's giving to you and while I'm not nowhere near in any way, shape, or form, even in a secondary or tertiary role at a wrestling show, he's explained to you, like, you have something you can be invaluable. Yeah. You know, make yourself, uh, you know, invaluable to, to somebody who runs a show. Be a part of things. Be willing to work. Be willing to do this. You know, know what you're worth. But understand at times, you may not get paid. Yeah. You know, because you've got to show your worth. Um, and... Small promotions, they may not have it to pay you. Well, I think especially right now with so many people that have come out of the academy and people looking around and there being so many promotions and there being so many shows that, you know, you see uh, shows like uh, Battleground, but I think primarily Showtime, you know, bringing in more people from the outside, you know, because I think that for people that don't want to make the drive to Chippewa or, you know, be be a kind of con- consistent part of that when they could drive to, you know, something local, it, it's a harder sell. And, and so I think that that's part of that kind of being invaluable, but also like being hungry. And, you know, when the Cannons or Corbins or, you know, anybody of the Bryces of the world uh, speak, you listen, you I, know, I think- and then you and then you act on it. Right. You you move that three steps forward. You try to translate that so that you refine your craft in a way that takes that and digests it. I think something that I have started to maybe have a more, uh, a better, I shouldn't say more, a a better appreciation for uh, in the last six months or so, looking at Showtime Mm -hmm. especially, is their desire to be aggressively different. Yeah. Is their desire to say, you know, we could fall into the trap of being a variation on a couple other promotions um, because there's a lot of the same talent that we do use or crosses over. Mm-hmm. But instead, we are literally going to just be different. Yeah. And we are going to be the, the follower in that. We're going to be the leader in that. And you're either going to have to keep doing the things you're doing or you're going to have to play catch-up. Yeah. And I think Battleground does a really good job of taking some of the trends of what everybody else does, mm-hmm. looking at what really works for Showtime, yeah. and mixing and melding those into what works in their area. Yeah. So I think those two promotions especially have a real firm understanding of what they want to get accomplished in that respect. And I think that's why they work so well. I mean, that's that's another thing I, I, I will say about going to that seminar. When you go into it, and there's like six people from from Showtime there. You know, to me, that's a big, like... Yeah. You want your... Investment. It's an investment, but also you want your brain trust... Yeah. ...to all be on the same page and understand how things work. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I, mean, I, I have a great deal of respect for that. I think that's a, a, a very, very solid way to handle yourself. I mean, that's us, right? We grew up, and, like, we talk to each other, and we want everyone to be involved and to be on the same page, and we want to check in. And I think that that's what I really like about hearing that from a promotion. You know, sometimes uh, the the owners and the bookers and the, you know, this person and that, you know, everybody that takes put together a show um, may not be on the same page. And I think it's... it. it it makes it sometimes it's it's clean and if that's the way that the show runs that's the way the show runs but i think depending on your kind of flavor of product that you're manufacturing it can be really difficult if people aren't on the same page um or you know even reading the same book you know um and so i think that 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 can be a real real challenge Um, well i mean and and i think you know getting back kind of circling all the, the wagon all the way back to my original point is each each group or each person who wants to be involved, you have to find your creative voice. Um, and in some ways, I feel like your creative voice is also your creative vice because it's how much do you actually want to do this? Yeah. How much do you want to do stuff? Um, and I am extremely guilty of this at times. I want to do a lot of stuff, but I either run out of time or I'm just kind of like, I, I get to day of and I'm like eh. but the the thing I'll say is the moment I get in it I am lost in it and I just lose time because it's actually one of the rare things in life that I can do that I don't have to overthink yeah being creative in those spaces I don't have it it's just for whatever reason some people are it's math some people it's you know you know reciting facts um for me it's making shit up you know Mm -hmm. i I can do that pretty easily Um, i enjoy doing it i'm good at seeing long term um three especially three act structure things like that um and i also i'm really good at at inter interweaving long-term plot so I like doing that stuff. And I, I like doing it, though, with other people. Mm-hmm. I never want to be a writer. Because I don't, I wouldn't enjoy it. It's a solitary yeah. endeavor. Yeah. I, I like doing that with other people. Even at people I don't care for. I want to hear their idea. Because that's another thing is, there were definitely instances where we set, or we had to stand with somebody and talk about what needed to go on. And I fucking hated it. Yeah. And I grew to the point where grew to not enjoy the person. Yeah. Um, but the thing I will always say is I enjoyed the process mm-hmm. because if they were an active participant in giving information back and forth and had ideas, you're always going to get something better out of that. And that's to me is super cool. Yeah. Um, because that's where the real magic is. Is that's the alchemists, you know formula there you know you're turning lead to gold is when you get a couple people and they start to throw ideas out at one another and then you formulate something where you're like oh that's special yeah that's really something else so yeah i, I don't know that's i i'm i i do find myself i i long for that in my heart <laughs> in my wrestle heart so from our wrestle hearts to yours uh five great shows i did misspeak the 
uh, first show at Whizbang Days is free with purchase of a block party mission, which is only $9 in advance or $10 at the door. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So if you'd like to see two and a half hours of wrestling, plus all the amazing things, uh, Travail, Pig Ate My Pizza, uh, Robinsdale is filled with amazing stuff. There's going to be great tasting menus from them. It's a it's a lot of fun. There's fireworks um, at the very we end. we get back over which, to Robinsdale for a live show soon. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh la la. You're going to make that happen. Sure. Um, so head up some of the shows three shows Friday night uh, first <laughs> first Steel Domain and uh, Midwest Wrestling's Elite and then Saturday uh, MAW and Pro Wrestling Battleground Friday July the 12th Saturday July the 13th um, and uh, we'll talk a little more maybe next week about that uh what our formula is moving forward and maybe speculate a little bit more on the future of Heel Turn Radio. I just figured we had no future. We were just going to fly into the sun like Icarus. 200, 200 episodes and we're done. Without without that shitty back tattoo. Oh. And leg tattoo now. Yeah. Hey Heel Turn Radio, episode 197. Oof. We'll see you next week.